This is Acts of Faith. Every day, World Team works to transform communities, make disciples, and reach the unreached. Our unique teams innovate, multiply, and expand the reach of the gospel. Our vision and aim? To make Jesus known. Together, we share the hope of the gospel on a global scale by meeting the needs of communities. These are our acts of faith. Victor and Carol are World Team missionaries in Batambang, Cambodia. Their teams work with families living in difficult situations. They shared with us about their journey, their ministry, and the Cambodian people who make their mission a reality. They started by telling us about the many areas of ministry they're involved Seven in and how they are areas, all connected. But, um, the first one is literacy. So we help women learn to read. Then we work with dorm students, high school as well as university. So people come and live in the dorms and then go to the high school or go to the university. Girls only. Girls only in that particular area. Um, then we have an after school tutoring program where we tutor students that are um, in the public school that need to be uh, need help with their language, help with their math, help with their physics, and so we tutor them so that they can pass their exams. We have um, we we employ public school teachers to do that tutoring. Uh, then another aspect is a an aspect that Carol started a preschool for four year olds, um, and so we had eight right this year. We've got eight now for the second year preschool kids. Uh, then we've got a vocational school that I'm just going to be starting soon um, for for guys that have either f- dropped out of school or they failed their exam they can't go to university. So they'll be learning different skills as well as the Bible. Uh, it'll be a, um, an in-person residential program. Uh, then we've got another program that we are advising high school students on academic and career kind of counseling stuff to help them know the decisions about which university, how to go, do what kind of career. Prepare for their final exam as well. Oh, big time, yeah, true. Uh, and then the last aspect is, is, is our, we call it Roots of Grace, and so it's a, it helps these children who, 74 children that we bring into the ministry we feed them, and then we send them to the to the private school in town. Then we pick them back up, and we help teach them the English, teach them the Bible, and then do tutoring as they are going to this school, getting education. Um, so that's kind of where we started, and then these other aspects kind of grew out of that same part. Does having these areas of ministry separated from one another make them more effective? It is true. We have them very. Dis- we have them so separated that we've actually got logos for each different aspect, each and different names. divisions of the ministry. So we have we've got them as they're very distinct. We think that's good. It's I think it's good in several ways. One one way is it it allows us to focus on each each division, each kind of ministry component gets focused on that specific piece. We've also got leaders over that particular part that's not over the other part. Cambodian leaders. Yeah, Cambodian leaders that are doing that. Um, then also, I mean, a, a practical piece is that within the government, we've got them registered in different ways so that sometimes when you're in these situations, the government might just shut down one of these ministries. And since they're all separated, the the loss of one division, one section, doesn't mean everything has to close. It's able to 
just kind of carry on and then you try to figure out what you can do to bring that other one back up if you didn't file paperwork or whatever the thing is. So it, the only difficulty in having all the different parts is you have to explain all the different parts. <laughs> and since there's kind of different aspects, it seems like, wow, what is all that? So I think in general, it's a very good deal, but it also helps people understand when they want to join us, where they might fit in or where they might see an interest. How does your work in educating children or the career development of young adults enable you to engage in spiritual conversations? Well, with the younger kids, they are, they're formally in a Bible class with us. And so um, anywhere from four years old, maybe our oldest are up through 15. And so those kids, literally, we have a Bible class where we're singing, we're playing games, we're telling them stories. But because they spend significant time at our center, the teachers, the Cambodian believers, are literally living out their Christian life in front of the kids. So there is spiritual conversations happening from the moment they get picked up in the morning on the little um, cart to when they're having a bath or they're sitting eating their breakfast or when they're helping them get changed, taking them to school, picking them up from school, having lunch. So it's very, very cool. The staff is very intentional in just living out um, their belief, um, living out Jesus in front of the kids. And um, they pray together, and the kids have wild prayer requests about they do not go to Christian schools, except for our youngest ones that are with us. The other kids don't have a Christian education, so they experience a lot of stuff that they bring back and talk to us at at the center. So there's a lot of good conversations there with those kids, especially as they get older and they're filtering, you know, that stuff. So um, the oldest adults who were, we haven't brought in yet, which will be part of the vocational school, those guys, this will be the, this will be the first time where we've done a residential program. Any of the younger kids, they are only with us during the day these young men that will be part of the vocational will actually live um, in a dorm setting and they will be in um, life on life with the Cambodian pastor and his wife and their family. And so there will be a lot of spiritual conversations knowing that guy, um, Pastor Simeon. Um, yeah, those boys will be talking a lot of a lot of Jesus and lots of opportunities. There's a lot of with the with the Roots of Grace ministry. There's Bible studies that take place every day, every week in the different villages. With so, the parents. With the parents. So there's on purpose, concentrated, focused spiritual conversations that take place there that allow the kids then to be brought in. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of overlap of of the different opportunities for spiritual conversation. Yes. So yeah, it's 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 good. And I take that back. I made the statement that it was going to be just the guys who are coming, who will be residential. But we have currently two dorms of high school and university age girls who are living in situations where they have lady directors in both who are all about Jesus. And we just had a baptism where... um, I think now almost every girl in both dorms has followed Jesus and been baptized. And so, um, yeah, those are also residential. What is the connection between your ministry and the Kamai Church? We are not actively planting a new church building called World Team Church or anything, but we 
Our staff members that we have within the ministry are very active in various Kamai churches that are local Kamai churches. Many of our staff are actually the pastors or leadership in these different local Kamai churches. And so that's one way that we're active with the local church. We also have those Bible studies that we have in different villages. And so those, we're trying to create communities of believers, bodies of believers in these local villages that we hope the Holy Spirit will birth a church. That's that's our prayer. That's our hope. That's part of what we're doing, that the Holy Spirit will birth a church out of these Bible studies. And so I think we're we're hoping to be connected to many churches in that regard. And so we hope a lot of churches get birthed out of it. So, yeah, I think that we're connected in that way to it. It's not not quite the classic way of planning the big church building and then bringing people in, but it's trying to have these different pockets of believers, maybe church houses you could call it or something. So, yeah. With such a strong Kamai staff, what opportunities are there for workers from the United States in your ministry? That is a great question because we do have a very large Kamai and staff, and they are very strong. That is what is super cool. Strong spiritually, also strong skills for ministry and uh, effective staff. But I would say the opportunities that are definitely... Um, visible at this time would be in the area of leadership in our different areas of ministry. Those leaders want to grow and so they invite input, mentorship, training. I'm just thinking of the ministry area that I'm closest to which would be the preschool and those teachers are wanting more help on how do they write curriculum effectively? How do they teach effectively? How do they connect the home to the school? How do we bring Jesus even more into our teaching and into our home ministry with the parents? And so I am one person and we could use more help in that. Uh, we have teachers that are working with the older kids and those teachers would invite training in how to and just somebody to model um, more educational um, training with them and teaching with them there's we have no one really medically on our uh, staff I think there could be a uh, definite place we have so many avenues of ministry and we touch so many people and the medical needs are huge so I think someone could be a real um, blessing with those skills and also a voice for the Lord because you will get into many relationships through the medical. There's also uh, Victor's, they're getting ready to start up this vocational. And so that's something where it's going to be very practical workers. And he can share that in a minute, kind of what more the practical parts that we'd be looking for with, with those folks. So I, I think one thing that we get to bring sometimes as an as a you know the question was from the u.s and from the west is we have been given um, a lot of training and a lot of education which cambodians are brilliant people but they have not been afforded those opportunities and so we have a lot and so we can give that we have to do it contextually right we have to work with them to sometimes our advice falls on its face and it's like nope that wasn't a good thing that that we brought in there but they're eager and and together that is where I have seen it the strongest, us by themselves, 
them by themselves has not always been strong. But when the two of us work together in the task, it has been very, very strong. Yeah, there's, there's both short-term and long-term opportunities. Okay. So the short-term, in our, in our area, we're dealing with English, the, the gaining of English, the teaching of English. There's, there's an opportunity. If we, had, if we had short-term crews coming in every three months, every, that would stay for three months and teach, we could do that on an ongoing basis with four people, with six people. We could probably just have a rotating crew that would come through that could just do English as a second language. That could teach English to the different, because almost every single almost every single aspect of our of our ministry has an English component to it that we're trying to because it's a felt need. It's a it's a benefit that they could use, and so they you could come. And teach English immediately, and you don't have to learn anything extra. I mean, maybe learn some skills of how to do English as a second language better, but but it's like we could help with a lot of that. So that's an immediate need. Like Carol said, medical is something that we that would need. There's nutritional stuff. There's there's also a, a close by hospital that that expats come into training. So you could have a medical person that could come either short term to work in both, or come long term that you could say. Hey, I want to help your ministry, and I want this bigger ministry of 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 the hospital. So there's that capacity. The nutrition we're 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 feeding lots of children, and it would be interesting for someone to come along and say, "Oh, how do I how do we do that?" Then I think Carol said education. I mean, we've got lots of education stuff. There's there's we need help in all sorts of slices. If you like math, physics, chemistry, biology, there's those are we're actually tutoring our kids those things in Kamai. The Kamai. So that would be a long-term thing, but wow, it would be, it'd be a great deal to do that. Um, then in the vocational training, we're doing experts, and so we need experts in trades. Like, like, are you a welder? Are you a brick mason? Are you a are you a carpet layer? Are you a tile layer? Are you an electrician? So those are very specific kill, skills with experts that we need to come and help transfer that to the kids because in our vocational training. They're going to learn the Bible, but they're also going to learn a skill that lets them go get a job somewhere. And those are things that the Kamai culture is such that you, uh, it's mentorship. It's, it's, it's like a apprenticeship. apprenticeship that you just, you watch. You don't have to use the Kamai to tell them how to do the welding. It's you vertically weld and you hold, your, you hold the stick at this angle and, you, and so you show them how, it does, how it's done. So it's like... That would be another thing, and then discipleship. There's lots of opportunity for enriching the Bible and and yes. sharing that in different ways. How could we do that creatively? Maybe you have the skill of soccer and you want to come do soccer with the Bible. That's that's another aspect that we have. So there's, yikes! There's lots of them. We would we would love everybody to come to Cambodia. <laughs> yeah, that discipleship part. I think that is something even in the Word. They like to grow in in how to study the Word mm-hmm. and. Um, that has that has been something that we've seen growth in already just in our every morning devotionals mm-hmm. um, that hour together and watching them kind of watch the expats and and the way that maybe sometimes we're able to um, be very careful with the scripture and and you know, let's let's be careful. What is this actually saying? And don't go too wild in our application. You know, just maybe something that you can model um, that, that can really help them in their discipleship and their growth. Tell us about your journey 
and then what those people who are seeking God's direction should consider as they follow a call to ministry. Our journey started later in life. We were both uh, well into career or family life. Um, I had taught several years and then I was at home with our son until he went into second grade. I had homeschooled some and then after that I was at the uh, church and I was the secretary for executive pastor, our senior pastor. Victor had been teaching, he had been in computers and there was a um, a lot of changes going on. The computer industry was at that time, changes were being made. It wasn't as strong as it had been, the, what they call it, the dot-com, mm-hmm. whatever. Era was <laughs> faltering and things were not like they had been. And so they were letting Victor know that the work he was doing, if he wanted to continue, we would have to move. Then the city came and um, claimed eminent domain on our house. They were going to widen the road and they said, we're buying your house, you have to leave. And so um, just strange kind of happenings, but yet um, at that same time, God brought along the opportunity that we saw through a newsletter of a need for teachers. And so our response to that was we didn't have writing in the sky or um, a fiery bush. It was an opportunity that we said, we think God has gifted us, not uniquely. A lot of people have this gift, but God's gifted us in education. I think we might have the opportunity the time right, you know, the time could work out with what's happening. Not that it's going to be easy, but we ought to, we ought to try that. Could, could we do that? Would God let us do that when we saw the need? So that was kind of our approach. We contacted the mission board, and I remember Victor in that very first email when we saw the need for teachers, for MKs. That's how we first got to Cambodia. And we said, um, so like, we're probably too old, and I don't think you want somebody this age, but you know, we just wanted to ask. And so it was kind of fun to explore that with world team and no, you're not too old. Um, and experience can be helpful in, in certain areas. I mean, it's kind of fun on the mission field. There's, there's a lot of young and they bring exactly what is needed. And then there's some older and that brings another aspect. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that, for our son, you know, people might think, well, an eighth grader, that's not ideal time to transition someone to the field. But for him, it was God's provision of coming into a team. And our son would say he gained family. He gained brothers and sisters to this day, um, who he's very, very close to. And so even when you're in the midst of a career, I think God takes those experiences you've had, that training that you've had. Um, And we laugh on the mission field and we say some of us are just too stubborn and bullheaded. God had to (laughs) give us some time before he could take us over there. And then he's going to work on it more when he gets us there. And so, um, but he can take that training that you've had and that experience that you've had. And I don't think you have to be afraid if, if it wasn't some 
message on missions and you ran to the altar and that was your calling, I think God moves in the quiet, still voices. He works through other people. He works through opportunities. And he works through our obedience and our willingness um, to go. Yeah, we, we literally asked God, could we do that? So it was not an expected thing. We didn't... We weren't planning to go to missions. We were actually praying, Lord, we'll do anything. The Lord was stirring our nest, and I didn't know it. So sometimes that what you might think is discontent actually is God preparing you for this step that you're about to get called into. And so it's sometimes, um, you know, I think you want to pray that and say, Lord, I'll do anything. I didn't mean Cambodia. I, I didn't know Cambodia. I didn't know. It wasn't I wasn't saying Otherwise, so those skills that you've learned, the skills that you have, that life experience is really, really powerful because you have a view of God. You've got a, the, you're kind of an incarnation of God, a Christian at that spot, and you get to come to the mission field, and God won't waste any of your experience. All of that will be used when you get there. And so I think, and your kids, you know, I think going to the going overseas will be. Fabulous for your kids. It will be, you all are going to be different than you've ever been before in a very positive way. And it will be a powerful change that's good for both of you. It's going to open up your kid in a new way to all sorts of stuff. And so it, it's a great deal. And then you're going to bring unique special skills that you've learned in your career. And you get to you get to go somewhere you didn't expect to go and see God show up in ways that you haven't seen, you didn't expect, you never thought about, all those different things. So I think it's, I think you ought to try it. Why not? It's a great thing to do. I think you ought to just go. Come to Cambodia. To learn more about World Team's ministry opportunities, go to us.worldteam.org and click go at the top of the page. To see prayer requests from World Team workers, click pray. To give to World Team's ministries, click donate. This has been Acts of Faith, a podcast by World Team U.S. For more information on World Team and its ministries, visit us.worldteam.org.